We pray this all in your holy name. Amen. Well, there is uh, a kind of funny thing that happened when we moved to Lafayette four years ago. Uh, Lafayette is a college town. I know the college is in West Lafayette, but Lafayette really is a college town. And that means that the average age of people in this community is often younger than it would be elsewhere. And that means that even though I'm not quite 40, I'm starting to feel quite a bit out of sync with the lingo of the day. Maybe I can hear the laughter. But Amanda and I had this conversation with a friend of ours recently who has teenagers, and much of it centered on the language. For instance, if someone from Gen Z, which is the name they give to folks who are under the age of about 25, if they're talking to somebody who they are close friends with, they will refer to them as fam, as in family. Or if somebody from Gen Z is a big fan of someone, they will say that they stan them. As in, if you're a big fan of the basketball star Kobe Bryant, you would call yourself a Kobe stan. Have you heard this before? I can tell the people who have teenage kids in here. The one I still don't completely understand is, is the phrase simp. Uh, from what I can tell, simp is what happens when you have a crush on someone and so you try to get their attention. You do all sorts of nice things for them. Is any of this familiar? I know a lot of you are looking at me and thinking that I'm your young pastor, uh, but I am feeling out of my depth. I need a translator. You can see ChatGPT is helping up here on the screen just a little bit. Uh, it can translate. Well, today we are celebrating Pentecost Sunday. This is the day that Jesus promised would come when the Holy Spirit would be delivered to the church. The Spirit was described as an advocate, a comforter, a presence that would come and be with us. And on that first day, that first Pentecost, the Spirit revealed what God was up to. And it involved a heavy dose of translation, which does make me wonder, do you think the Holy Spirit could help me with Gen Z? <laughs> Let's listen to our scripture today from Acts chapter two. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one of them heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, 
Phygria and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. Then the sun shall turn to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. May God bless this reading. So the book of Acts is actually a sequel to the gospel of Luke. Uh, We know this because the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts begin with an inscription. It says it is written to a guy named Theophilus. And so you can read these books as telling a very similar story from a very different perspective. The Gospel of Luke tells the story of Jesus. And the book of Acts tells the same story only with the church as the central character. So maybe it's no surprise then that the book of Acts sees the members of this new fledgling community struggle to find understanding. Because what made the community of Jesus so different was that it was opening out to the world. It was going from being centered on one community to being oriented towards others, folks who were different. It wasn't just one ethnic group or another but rather it was supposed to begin at our doorstep and go to the ends of the earth. And we know that in the ancient world, that would have been very, very strange. And so there's a question that arises when you have a church movement that is going out into the world. What do you do when people don't speak the same language? What do you think a ministry meeting would look like if you were to get together a board that was made up of Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, on and on and on. Cretans and Arabs and people from Libya belonging to Cyrene. What would it sound like if you tried to get all these folks into a room and said, okay, let's figure out what worship is gonna look like on Sunday. And beyond the languages, you would have the cultural differences. I can see it now. Someone from the Jerusalem church is complaining because an Elamite doesn't know how we do things in Jerusalem. There'd be different worship styles, cultural practices, understanding, probably some generational slang that folks can't quite pick up on. 
There's a need for some translation. Luckily, God doesn't leave the church alone. This is the lesson of the first Pentecost. God continually calls the church into places that may seem unfamiliar, uncomfortable, even places where we don't know the language. But in those places, God shows up. God sends the Holy Spirit, the great comforter, the advocate, and yes, the translator. As you read through the book of Acts, you kind of have this sense, uh, they they struggle to create this spirit of unity and cooperation. Most of the book of Acts is trying to figure out, okay, now we have all these different people, how do we get them to work together? And quite frankly, when the church is doing this at its best, from the outside, it looks like something pretty radical. Looks like something very different. Much of Acts sounds like herding cats. Figuring out who should be in, what should be required of them, what the rules are gonna be, how this is gonna work, whose job is what. Not to mention, if you are going out of your way to bring folks together who don't speak the same language, who don't speak the same culture, I mean, it's gotta be a headache for the leaders. It is much, much easier to try to organize people who are like you. It is much easier to have a meeting with people who are all on the same page. So why on earth would you do anything different? Why would you try to find understanding across difference? And the onlookers that day who were watching this all take place, who could see these folks who were talking in different languages and pretending as though they could understand one another, well, the onlookers thought they were drunk because who does that? What they didn't know is that in their supposed distance from one another in language and culture, God was providing a way. And the spirit created the possibility of understanding in the midst of misunderstanding. And so much of the church is just that. How do we get to know one another, to understand one another? Because the church is not called to be a homogenous community, just hanging out with folks who are just like us. But rather the church calls us to move out into the world, to make disciples of all nations. And all the nations speak different languages, have different customs and practices. So there are always going to be places where we don't speak the same language. Maybe it's regional dialects even, generational slang, whatever it is. There are places where we will not want to understand one another, where we will need someone to translate. But God sends us someone, the Holy Spirit. So I need the Holy Spirit to help me understand Gen Z. I'm just... I'm, I, this, Steve explained to me what the word yeet means before uh, service, and I still 
Something about throwing something. Somebody tell me after worship. But I wonder what about all the other ways in which we divide one another. How we divide ourselves. You know, obviously, if you don't share a language, you'll need a translator. But, but what about all the other topics that divide us? What about cuisine? We don't all like the same food. I think it's one of the reasons why church potlucks are so brilliant. When you have a whole bunch of different dishes in one place, if you don't like one thing, chances are there's another thing you do like. Or what about manners? What is and isn't acceptable at the table? which changes culturally based on where you are. What kind of taste? What tastes good? Or how you decorate a place? I think the old joke about the most contentious church meetings being about carpet color, it's a joke because there's some truth in it. We don't always share the same taste. And then there's the really difficult stuff. You know that list of things you're not supposed to talk about in polite company? Religion, which is kind of ironic to say in a church. Of course, we're all here because we believe roughly the same thing. But of course, that's only as much as disciples can agree on anything theologically. The old joke about if you get six disciples in a room, you'll have seven opinions. And the gospel calls us to places where we don't always agree on the big questions. What about politics? Does anything divide Americans more today than politics? To say that we don't understand one another politically is an understatement. We're the most polarized we've ever been as a country. We need a translator. Someone to help bridge the differences. And it's God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, that empowers us to receive others as they are. The Holy Spirit we read in scripture fills us with the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those things, if we allow them to grow in us, are great translators that keep us divided. Those are things that are able to bridge the gap. Sometimes I think even it's not even the translation that's the hardest part. Rather, it's the Holy Spirit's call to move out of our comfort zone, to go and experience something different, to be in the places where we don't always understand one another. And in those places to learn to withhold judgment long enough to hear others. You know, as a church, as first Christian church in Lafayette, Indiana, I think some of this is in our DNA, of course. We love working with other people. Just last week, we gathered in this place and celebrated a cantata with two other churches. We do mission projects and service projects. We celebrate every week at the table the fact that there are folks in this place, in this room right now, sitting next to one another, who disagree on important things. But in this place, we also celebrate that it is God's spirit mediating grace, reminding us that we are beloved that makes that possible.
So what we learn from that first Pentecost, when the Spirit was delivered to the church, is that God will call us into places where others may not be like us. Where they may speak different languages. Even if that language is technically English, like Gen Z, it's technically English. But in those places, in those places where we are called to listen, we know there's always a chance to come together in unity, to be joined together as one body, to overcome and to celebrate our differences, not make them go away, but lift them up in a way that builds something greater, the body of Jesus Christ on this earth. So I challenge you to venture into some difference, to not be afraid of places where things are unfamiliar, You may need some translation, but we have a great translator, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we invite you all to connect with us. If it's your first time worshiping, take a moment to introduce yourself, whether you're online or in person. We would love to get to know a little bit.